Hello and welcome everyone to um, the XI Cafe, the experience improvement podcast brought to you by InMoment. My name is Thomas Lorenzo. I'm the sales director based here in New Zealand, in Auckland, um, at InMoment. And today we're talking to Marina Sturbach. She is the membership manager at the New Zealand Automobile Association. And she's going to talk to us on the topic of how marketing team can leverage the voice of customer to achieve customer outcomes. Hello and welcome, Marina. Hello. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, let's kick off with, um, are you able to share a little bit about yourself and your role at uh, the New Zealand Automobile Association, please? Oh, you're starting off easy. Okay. Um, a little bit about me to give context to today, I guess, is, um, you know, going back as far as I can remember, I've always been interested in human behavior. Um, and I remember noticing the difference in family dynamics on my mom's side and on my father's side of the family. And I didn't understand the differences or uh, why or how they came about but I understood the way they made me feel and I knew what I preferred. So why couldn't I just have it all consistent in my preferred way the whole time? The answer is that I don't know. I still don't know. Um, but um, I can tell you that it's partly to do with our nature and partly to do with, with nurture. And so the desire to understand Human behavior persisted uh, in my youth and teenage years. So I went on and I studied psychology at University of Auckland. Um, I got as far as postgrad before I realized that I wasn't quite ready for that deep dive. Um, it took, takes a certain level of emotional maturity uh, that I simply didn't have at the time. And I, uh, I probably still don't. Heads uh, off to all of the psychologists out there. Anyway, so like any, oops, I need a new job, BA undergrad. Um, I went and I got a postgrad in something that was more likely to result in, in a job. Um, in my case, that was a public relations and communications postgrad. And that was what landed me my first uh, marketing job here at Auckland with burger fuel my first marketing job was fun it was lovely but I had friends over in Sydney who were doing the same stuff as me had the same experience as me but they were getting like twenty thousand dollars more um a year than I was and I mean twenty thousand dollars is still a lot of money but back then it and and when it's your first job like think about going from $40,000 to $60,000. It was just huge. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, um, gonna try my luck in Sydney as well. And uh, my first job there, it did take me a couple of months to get my first job. Uh, but I got a job in an agency and the main account there was Coca-Cola. Uh, we did absolutely everything for them. Uh, we were a truly uh, through the line um, agency. And the reason I mentioned that job specifically is that it taught me a lot and it provided me with the understanding that I can really connect the human behavior stuff that I like so much 
with the marketing outputs and you know um, a memory um that really kind of stuck with me is uh having to get up at four in the morning because the marketing team at coca-cola uh wanted to do a journey mapping exercise for a new product and as a part of that journey mapping exercise they wanted us all to go to petrol stations. So this is the marketing team and the agency together. So we're there at petrol stations before the sun comes up and we have to look at our target audience and we have to see who's purchasing the drinks. That We kind of knew a lot of it was going to be tradies. That's why we were up so early. And we had to note down anything that we noticed around their journey, exactly what they do and how they do it as they're getting their drink. And we also had to interfere with their journey and go, hey, <laughs> what would it take for you to buy another energy drink today? And so it was, it was a fun task and it really put the customer at the center of um of of a product or the development of a product and the advertising around it um and it's kind of um what gave me the foundation for the customer centricity standards uh that I have today or that I like to think I have today um that's awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah sorry you go no you go oh no i was just thinking yeah that that's good to see the background here and where where it leads to your role today so um i'm interested to to hear perhaps around what is the structure of your team now i mean knowing your whole background and at, at aa what's the structure of your team and what is your team looking after on a daily basis when you link that between marketing and VOC? Uh -huh. um, so we are a small team of four very diverse humans uh, with vastly different backgrounds. You know, we've got a mathematician, we've got a marketer, we've got a UX UI designer, um, but that's, that's what we need in order to get this job done the membership experience job um, done um, as far as titles go uh, we have a marketing specialist a membership analyst marketing executive and membership experience manager which is me um, the a little bit about each role in a nutshell, the marketing specialist will look after uh, projects and campaign work. The analyst is focused on reporting and dashboards and building propensity models. And the marketing exec is focused on the day-to-day -day running and the documentation of always on direct-to-customer um, communications and membership-related collateral. And, and, and did you have, Marina, this team structure, I just build on what you're saying here, did you have this team structure prior to start thinking about VOC or is it something, is it some roles and, and team members that you brought in as you rolled out your program? No, no, th this was, so the, the team was in place uh, before the um, VOC program. The reason we were able to, to get the VOC 
program off the ground uh, for membership is because of these very specific skill sets so that we could put our, um, you know, insights to action. I mean, on the daily basis, you know, we look after the director member communications for over 1 million New Zealanders. So um, we look after operational or service comms. So this will be like your onboarding, renewing and upgrading. We look after promotional communications. So things like a membership newsletter, um, and we look after remediation and crisis communications. But then the juicy part of all of this is that we have to look after the continuous improvement and optimizations of all of these um, always on and direct to customer comms. And this means looking after the backend processes, uh, as well as integrations and configurations that improve the efficiency and quality of the um, lifecycle comms. For example, um, you know, we'll have gone no address. So we used to have this process where all of our gone no address mail would come and be delivered into our offices and we had to manually scan it and, and send it back. Uh, but what we did is we automated the process. So nothing comes to us. It goes directly back to our mail house. It's scanned and um, uploaded into our database on, uh, on a daily uh, rotate. And then we have a triggered email that's sent to our uh, members, letting them know, hey, your address is out of date. Please update it in a much nicer way. And obviously, we don't do all of this ourselves, so we will lead the projects and identify what's needed where, and then we work with the rest of the business uh, and external companies like our Malhouse, for example, and they've got no address um, to, to make this happen. Interesting. Fascinating. What's the, um, so building on that again, um, so you have your strong team in place, and then you bring the VOC ID into that motion. So how did you get the program off the ground and what were some of the bumps you've experienced along the way? Oh, this is a fun one. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so like I mentioned before, that it was lucky uh, that the team had the skill set that they did. Um, and that's how we got the program off the run, but just backtracking a little bit. So uh, I was given the task of setting up originally um i was given the task of um setting up a company-wide uh voice of customer program and i got so excited i i mean i was so excited i boomerang back to the aa after two years of um working for a finance company just for the opportunity that's how excited i was um so, you know, back to the task of that setting up a company-wide voice of customer. As any good old project manager, you'll set out your stakeholders and um, you will go and start your chats with them. And uh, my chats with my stakeholders went really well. Uh, everybody was really excited. Uh, they were on board with having a consolidated voice of customer program. And for me, this was great news, you know, like just having uh, positive uh, feedback and, and the desire 
you know, there was no, oh, I don't know if we need this. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, this is something that we need. Um, so I started talking uh, resource and budget. Uh, with everyone because obviously for a company-wide voice a customer you're gonna need each business unit uh, that's taking part to contribute in some way shape or form and this could be in terms of budget or in terms of resource so that the insights that you do gain from your voice to customer are able to be actioned uh, so once we started talking about you know could we go live this year that how many people could support when and could we put this much that this much budget against it for this year that's when uh the conversation became um more difficult or well, that was our first bump along the road as you as you put it um not many stakeholders were ready to commit the resource and the budget for the year and i mean I didn't really blame them um, for a little, there were massive factors at play. Um, and for those who don't know NZAA, I, this was last year, we had just appointed a new CEO. We were over halfway through the financial year. So budgets were already used up and, and planned. So it was hard to kind of pull some into a new project we had a new strategy so a new business strategy was being de developed and and with the new ceo the new strategy you can imagine uh, how for for people leaders and business leaders it is really hard um to commit to something new before this business uh strategy came out so a few conversations a lot of conversations and uh a few weeks later, I got told to put the project in the backlog uh, until we have a new company strategy. Um, I was heartbroken. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to put it in the backlog. Um, and I couldn't help but go, but, but what can I do? What can I progress? And naturally, you know, uh, my team, and we're in the membership team. So I was like, okay, maybe we could just do a, a membership thing, focus on our little realm. So I parked the company-wide voice of customer dream, which is still a dream. Um, and I developed a, a new uh, business canvas to build a membership voice of customer program that focuses on key journeys in the membership life cycle. And again, sometime as in a few months of, of back and forth. And then, um, you know, uh, voice of customer for membership was approved. And here we are, nine months or so later. Uh, and we've got a live program and with dreams to do a lot more, of course. That's, um, that's an interesting feedback because you're right. There's that difference between the goal, what you want to achieve and the reality of it, right? And as you start going through the business case, the request for funding, et cetera, you, you see all those people that are excited that start dropping off and, and you're kind of left with, well, what am I, where am I going now? So always come back to the leadership bind. But in your case, you seem to have a new CEO, a new CTO that put things on hold a little bit um, and, and slow things down. But um, 
what I admire is your, your drive to succeed here and, and to land that project. So instead of approaching it enterprise-wide, you kind of narrow, narrow it down into your area and get going somewhere because that's all change management project. It needs to get going somewhere and get that snowball effect, right? Progress so, over perfection, eh? Absolutely. So if we slide now into, so now you have a program running um, and you have a large volume of data flowing in, what I found is marketers in general, and a lot of marketers, somewhat you could get overwhelmed with that vast array of data points, marketers, data insight manager, anybody um, that are available to you. So how do you integrate the VOC data, the insight that you generate in your program into your marketing activities, your marketing purposes here? That's a really long question. So I'll attack it in little stages. Okay, so, so number one, there's no need to be overwhelmed by data. If anybody is overwhelmed by data, come and talk to me. I'll, I'll let you, I'll show you the way that uh, data can be your friend. Um, yes, first things for anyone who, who's kind of overwhelmed by data, you know, ask yourself a few questions, um, you know, what data or what insights matter the most? Why do they matter the most? And qualify that against your business strategy or your business goals so that it's not just your perception, oh, this campaign data matters the most because I really need to push this product. Does it fit with the business strategy? And is that really the number one thing you're responsible um, that you can contribute to? Um, I think once you have the answers to that, what data, why does it matter and how does it align with the bigger picture? Um, once you have those answers, it's pretty straightforward. You, you know, you measure the baseline of the data points, you validated as important, um, uh, you set up a test and learn matrix and you just keep on going and reiterating, removing what doesn't work and um, keeping what works and, and enhancing that. For us in, in my team, you know, what that means in, in practice is um, we identified onboarding as one of our key journeys to track. So we could see from existing business data that uh, the engagement is dropping as time goes, but we didn't know why. There were so many hypotheses from everybody and a lot of them uh, overlapped. Um, and I guess you can see why engagement is important to us as, as a business. We have retention as a key metric for the entire business. So that's membership retention. Uh, as engagement drops, uh, retention drops. So we needed to understand um, how we can fix this. In order to do that, we prioritized onboarding for the membership voice of customer. So that was the first uh, project that we prioritized to align with the business priorities. Um, so there's a lot of stuff we already know within the business. We know, you know, th this data already exists. We know who we send onboarding communications to. 
We know who opens what and who doesn't. We know who clicks through and who doesn't. We know who follows on to go to something on our website, but we needed to go a level deeper. Uh, so we set out to find out key metrics for the journeys through voice of customer. Uh, the key metrics, you know, we wanted to know where the onboarding journey is now. So we set up NPS um, measure, a CSAT measure, a sentiment measure, just to name a few. We've got some really granular stuff in there as well, um, but that will be very uh, dependent on what your objective is. And with those three NPS, CSAT, sentiment, um, we had verbatims. And obviously, verbatims are going to help you a lot um, to understand uh, why the sentiment is what it is, rather than just looking at MPS or CSAT or sentiment um, as values on their own. So basically, now we have that business data overlaid with the voice of customer data, and we're seeing some... Uh, really really interesting things so we have a baseline we know the full picture and we know that it's a whole lot more complex than our original list of hypotheses um, so now we understand a lot more why our engagement is dropping and our test and learn optimization is underway key insights to action how am I going to use these insights to drive meaningful change who do I need to move these insights into actionable tasks and initiation projects? Um, I guess, you know, start small, make impact and uh, be realistic. We work with the resources you have. So if we had started that company-wide voice of customer, you know, like I would have needed resources in every department, whereas this way in membership, we see what we're working on and we can take our time to optimize that because that's a part of our BAU so that's just uh lucky oh I ramble on don't I it's great I think it's it there's a few very good good nuggets here and um I think there's always that um that fact of driving improvement to the business making assumption or or, or just analyzing part of the data but when you get that extra data from a VOC program, you actually have a full picture and, and, and richer insight. So your decision is made based on 100% of the data points instead of having just, just a small amount of it. So ultimately you make better business decision. But I'm thinking, as you mentioned here, you've got now richer insights um, fueled by the voice of customer program and the rest of your data. What was the the aha moments uh, that made you realize um, the potential of, of adding customer data uh, into your marketing decision-making process here? Mm. I think because I have been in, in the direct-to-customer space for way over a decade, um, so using customer data was always a part of the process it's just that the data points have evolved and overlaid and as your insights to action and performance measure, measures grow um, and the variables and the capabilities of your business um, outside of marketing grow to to 
to enable this, then you're kind of your expectation changes. So for example, if you have the use of effective propensity models, um, having a well-oiled marketing automation platform, uh, thorough test and learn matrix, um, these are all enabled by the wider business. As a marketer, you can't build these alone. So the aha moments happen all the time as you're working with the rest of the the business and as you find out oh but I can I can join the dots here and what helps is to always be focused on best customer outcomes so if you just care <laughs> how do I make this better how do I make this add value and how do I know because what adds value to you isn't going to be and and like I said you know we've we've got well over we've got 1.8 million members so we're covering a vast array of individual differences and something that is valuable to me will be valuable for a bunch of other people but then it won't be for a whole bunch of bunch of others so it's connecting those dots having those business capabilities to support you um and you always have to be on the lookout of you know, who, who can help me out? You know, is this point, data point, connected to this insight? It feels like it is, but who can I get to tell me if, if it is? And and it'll, it could be a bunch of people, it could be one person. And so you kind of go through these evolutions of what you're tracking and the kind of impact it can make and the overlays between those um, are what, kind of result in the aha moments. I mean, just imagine, you know, you need to send out an email about a new offer or a product and all you have in your database is a first name and a last name and an email. Um, how are you going to send your communications to those who are most likely to benefit from it and be interested in it and therefore see value in engaging it? You won't. You'll just do send all and you'll get unsubscribed. Someone unsubscribed, they'll just leave you uh, your next email unopened or mark you as spam eventually. So the entire business has to work together towards this human centricity to develop the right capability to get the right message to the right person at the right time through the right yeah. channel or the cheesy marketing lines. I hear I, I hear you hear you 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 saying that indeed those data points that you have from the marketing side and the VOC inside that you get help you kind of make better communication out to your members and in order to serve them as best as possible, depending their age group, their their propension to buy, their, their the current product they have on hand. So you can tailor that marketing communication because you have better information, right? Absolutely. So just Earlier, you mentioned that um, you started your program in the membership area. So how are you planning now to further grow the VOC program, always to improve that effectiveness on your marketing activities? Uh, something that's definitely in the pipeline is uh, journey mapping. So uh, journey mapping with stakeholders throughout the business to identify our pain points, align on those pain points and use that those customer journey workshops to, um, to prioritize 
the next addition to the voice of the customer and measuring performance in those, just like we've set for the onboarding and for our renewals to do the same for the next prioritized thing. And so as soon as the um, you get everyone along for the journey and the those key pain points are identified and agreed on, you can always get the data that's within the business to validate those key pain points because everyone's going to have a different opinion on, on what the most painful thing is and what the those points of friction are, but you can always grab some data, you know, how many uh, uh, drop-off, uh, what's the drop-off rate or a, of a join form or how many people abandon a phone call. You can kind of get those to identify the biggest pain point. You start with that. And then uh, measuring performance, like I uh, like I said, so prioritize, measure, show. So show you're adding value. And that's uh, that's how I plan to grow. I hope they let mm. me. <laughs> and, 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 and Maybe and they'll always, see my plans and stop me. And always, I imagine, as you said, just tie back those priority of growth and enhancements towards your strategy, I imagine. Always have that link. So you always have your why that drive that purpose to do so at, 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 an, at an organization level. Um, that's, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all that, Marina. Um, just for sake of time, I've got one more question I, I wanted you to uh, kind of touch on. And, and that's one of my favorite because usually you can leave with quite a few more nuggets here for our audience. What would you advise um, for marketers that are just about dipping their toes into VOC? What, what are some of your feedback and advice you can bring up here? Uh, care <laughs> and jump in with, with empathy. Um, you know, understand the, the connection between employee experience and member slash customer experience. You can't have one without the other. And always be curious. You ask the questions and use the data you can just to get anything off the ground. Identify your pain points. Um, talk to me if you're lost. <laughs> I'm always here to talk work because it's fun. Um, so yeah, care, be empathetic, be curious. I, I think like it just comes back to actually caring that you're uh, impacting those around you positively and the work mm -hmm. that you're doing is help helping um, to shift uh, things in a positive direction. Yeah, and, and I hear as well, you, you mentioned the employee as well here, you, you're 100% right, customer is a, is, a, is a key asset, but employee is another, another asset to leverage here. Um, that's amazing. Just, just one more thing, is there anything throughout our conversation, Marina, before we wrap up that you would like to add or something that we, we forgot to ask you? <laughs> Uh, honestly, this is just this has gone so quick. It just feels like um, a little snappy bullet points all over the show. There's obviously we've got a lot of members, and that's not the standard for all New Zealand companies. But um, if if um, if any, especially young marketer needs any um, any help in in discussing how to do this at a way smaller scale, like reach out, and and I'm always here to have a chat. That's awesome. I love your passion. Thank you so much, Marina, uh, for coming on the podcast. You always have that, that drive and, and passion about what you're doing. And, and that's, that's what I love. Um, so 
really really excited thank you for for um for coming today and share this in-depth conversation in-depth feedback and tips about your journey at um at the new zealand automobile association and also thank you to our guests here um, for listening to the excite cafe podcast we hope uh, you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more episodes um like this in the near future enjoy the rest of your day guys bye bye